It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is August 11, 2015. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio, and we can hear everything. (laughs) 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 Joining me today as co-host, we have Staff Sergeant James Klug. Vietnam veteran uh, with two tours, combat wounded Purple Heart, military historian and past national historian for the military or the Purple Heart. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. Always a pleasure to join you. All right. Now, again, we've we've always talked about the past guests that we do this, um, you know, every week. And uh, Jim, why don't you go ahead and, and we had two guests on uh, last week, and and uh, go ahead and take care of the first one. I'll I'll grab the second one. Oh, absolutely. Last week we had author Gary uh, Earl Dusty Trimmer, the first half, and he was a combat infantryman in Vietnam and turned Vietnam veterans advocate. He is the author of two books, Condemned Property, and just released a new one that's called uh, Payback Time. Great books, I understand. In both books, Dusty evaluates the awareness of Vietnam War veterans wounded in action, the WIAs and the KIAs, and the missing in action, the MIAs. He uncovers the plot of a number of those veterans still living and those who have lost their battles to survive after coming home, as well as war veterans struggling to live just one more day. And it's really a must-read, I hear. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. uh, we had a lot of we had. I had a lot of emails on that. Uh, uh, they got to start putting into the comment section instead of sending me the emails. Though at least they'll get posted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The second half is we had Dan Gordon. He's another author uh, that has fifteen Hollywood features. Uh, he was promoting his latest book. It's called Day of the Dead. Uh, the book actually was based on his forty years with the uh, uh, Israeli military. And he he was engaged in six Middle uh, East conflicts, and the book is a must-read also, and the one to follow, based in America, and will soon be a major motion picture. This is a real thriller, guys. You've got to listen to that last half uh, of the program, and you'll get a better idea what that book's all about. Now, Jim, we had a birthday, didn't we? Well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, pretty significant, Gary, and uh, sadly, most don't know about it, but... 233 years and three days ago, George Washington, uh, on August 7, 1782, created something that uh, today is a, a very important decoration for those that have served in the military and that have been wounded or killed in action. And at that point in time, it was called the Badge of Military Merit. And in his general orders out of Newburgh, New York, General Washington said, to uh, his men that were assembled that morning that this award and this decoration is for all of his troops, not just the uh, officers. And it was actually that kind of set a little bit of a a pace difference because in those days, uh, decorations for uh, merit and for accomplishment were really pretty much reserved for the officers. But uh, as is today, doesn't make any difference what rank you are uh, from uh, the lowest of a PFC all the way up to a general. If you're wounded, you get a Purple Heart. And uh, that badge of military merit then progressed and translated, uh, or should I say came over in 1931 under uh, uh, Douglas MacArthur and became what we know today as the Purple Heart. So yes, August 7, 1782, an important date in American history, military history. All right. And you being the historian, uh, I, I bet you have one of those original badges, don't you? Well, I wish I did. That's one of the... <laughs> ah, I thought you if, did. Well, if there's anybody out there that has one tucked away, I'd sure love to hear about it. But uh, yeah, they're uh, only about two known to exist and survive. But wow. you imagine 233 years that something of cloth could survive that long. And uh, it was of such importance in those days that they recognized that it needed to be preserved. So... We're proud of that. Uh, they're, like I say, they're uh, few and far between. Uh, but history that far back is something that we need, like you say, every every week, Gary, in one generation, it can be lost. So uh, that's true. Yep. So, all right. 
Well, let's go ahead and get to our guest. Uh, today's show is the resources for burn survivors. Jim, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Boy, it's a privilege. Uh, Ryan Birdman Parrott, he is the co-founder, he is the founder, president, CEO for Sons of the Flag. Originally from Detroit, Michigan, uh, Ryan served eight years as a U.S. Navy SEAL attached to Team 7, completing three combat tours in Iraq before being assigned to Advanced Training Command as an instructor. And all of us in the military can say, wow. I mean, that's a, uh, we could hear it across the entire United States and all the 83 countries. That's a wow. And so after completing his service, Ryan moved to Dallas. And in April 2011, Ryan had the privilege of meeting a retired Army Ranger officer who suffered significant burn injuries. And Ryan was inspired and humbled by his display of strength and courage despite his disability, disability, dis- uh, <laughs> there it is. De- debilitating. Boy, I couldn't. That's a it. tough word. That's a tough one. <laughs> Ryan was sorry. Ryan. Ryan was this, uh, discouraged that this ranger and others like him were not benefiting from progressive treatment for burns in the same way that amputees benefit from incredible advanced in prosthetics. Then, in 2012, Ryan established the Sons of the Flag to help burn survivors and their families find help and medical attention that they deserve. Ryan, welcome. Yes, welcome, Ryan. Thank you very much for having me, both of you. All right. It's an honor. Now, I know you, you do something unique, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get into detail there in a little bit, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? I know we did a couple things uh, just now when we introduced you, but tell us more. Tell us all the stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and, you know, interestingly enough, there's not much to do out there in the actual suburbs of Detroit besides play hockey in the winter, and I dream <laughs> about playing hockey during the summer. And uh, so that's pretty much what I did was played a lot of ice hockey, and uh, um, I was a real screw-up back in the day. You know, I really didn't care about academics. I didn't care about going to school. I was every parent's, you know, prodigal son. Everybody would want me as a son. <laughs> but ultimately, it was a, a unique individual in my junior year of high school that uh, influenced me that I should do something with my life. He was uh, a Marine in Vietnam, and he used to wave the American flag running around the school all the time. He was very patriotic, and on one particular day, he walks into the room with the American flag, but he's not as excited. He's not as motivated. And he knew I was failing his class. I was failing many other classes. And he just stops in front of the whole room. And this is where I truly believe that, you know, teachers don't just speak to the entire class, but they, they reach out to individuals within the class. And on this particular day, he was reaching out to me. And he said, we've touched on the, uh, the armed forces, and uh, we've talked a lot about the Marine Corps. And he said, there's only one thing better than the Marine Corps, and that's the U.S. Navy SEALs. And I couldn't believe what he said because, I mean, Marines, they're as good as it gets. They're infantry. I didn't know anything past the Marine Corps. I didn't think there was anything other than the Marine Corps was the elite back then, which they are. They're extremely elite. But when he says this as a Marine, I said, well, i got to listen to this. It's incredible. And he started to talk about how the SEALs, we live on the moon and we breathe water and all this goofy stuff. And it was way, really far-fetched, but still inspiring nevertheless. And so I stayed after class that day, which I'd never done. And I talked to him. I said, you know what? I think I want to be that. I think I want to try that. And, of course, I got the laugh saying, well, I don't know, Ryan. You know, you're, you're having trouble in this school right here. How are you going to make it through the toughest school in the world? <laughs> that's true and I said you know I just I don't know I feel like this is my calling I feel like I can do this and really it's uh, it was an interesting deal well he got me a Reader's Digest magazine that was really all we had back then on what the program entailed it was called The Toughest School it was a couple pages long and it was scary looking I mean it was it was fun it looked energetic it looked motivated it looked tough and it looked like there weren't many of them so, you know, everybody strives to do something unique in their life. Um, this was the path that I wanted to travel down. So anyway, it was 9-11 that happened that really struck me to move forward with the program. On 9-11, I decided to get up and leave school, 
go over to the recruiter station and say, all right, I want to get into the Navy and just tell me what I have to do to actually make myself in, or get myself into the SEAL program. Now, mm. back then wow. they didn't have all the luxuries they have today where if you, you know, it's well known today if you want to go into the program, you talk to a recruiter, they're going to have a whole lot of information for you. But back then, they, bit, they really didn't know a lot. They just said, you know, they're really tough. It's, it's a hard program. It's a huge attrition rate. But when you get to boot camp, you can strike for it and just raise your hand and say, I want to go into the special programs. So 9-11 is really what kicked me in, uh, in the right direction to do that. And, you know, turning my grades around is you have to have a diploma in order to get in the service. And uh, getting on the honor roll before I actually <laughs> left for the Navy it was pretty fun. All right. Nice to uh, support the effort. All right. Wow. Now, in in 2005, uh, uh, was this one of the incentives that uh, uh, got you going on on burn survivors? When you know you, what? When you it's served? interesting. So I, um, you know, just a little backstory on that. We were uh, in my first platoon. I was a new guy. We were driving down the road, remote, uh, route Michigan, um, and you know, obviously one of the most deadly roads in Iraq. And we got struck by an IED, which uh, burned all of us in the car. Um, we were very fortunate that none of us sustained severe, severe burns. But, you know, just the injuries alone was enough to uh, open our eyes to an injury that we had never seen before. And that was not what kicked me off to uh, get the uh, organization going. Usually when you're in that high-intensity program, any program in the military and you're going, all you want to do is keep going. So we put that behind us, continued on a couple more deployments, but ultimately, it was uh, getting out of the service, moving to Dallas, Texas, and meeting uh, an Army Ranger captain who was severely burned uh, by an IED. And like I said, I had never seen an injury before so severe. But burns, when they happen initially, don't look like they do far after. Once the telltale scarring sets in, they look the disfigurement sets in, that's when they look different. And we don't get to see that. Usually when somebody's injured in the service, they're transported to the hospital, and if it's severe enough, we don't ever see them again. So this was an eye-opener for me to actually see what the scarring actually does once, set, once it sets in. Um, and that was in 2011. So that's really what kicked me off to do Sons of the Flag. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to head and take, take a break. See how fast those 15 minutes fly? <laughs> today, today, today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Just want to remind everybody that you're ever in Medford, Oregon, the area there, they have just stop over for breakfast or lunch at Punky's Diner. Every Wednesday morning, they host the American Heroes Breakfast Club. There are a lot of veterans that show up, and be sure to get there early in order to get the seat, uh, any seat. <laughs> any seat. Is that right? Is that right? Well, absolutely. Uh, the first breakfast kicks off every uh, Wednesday at 7.45 in the morning, and then the second shift breakfast, because there's so many. But it's a great group. It's at 9.15 a.m., so 7.45 and 9.15. Best food in the entire state. Yeah, I bet, especially their pies. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. And they're, uh, everything. They do breakfast and lunch, and what they do is outstanding. It's worth coming back for again and again. All right. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes 
Network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ryan Parrott uh, from Sons of the Flag. And uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us about, uh, you, were, you were a sniper, weren't you? That's correct. All right. Yep. And, and you also knew Chris Kyle. I did. It was, uh, I think most everybody in the, in the military knew him at one point or another, um, just by the legacy or, you know, actually serving with him or around him in the battlefields. But uh, I'd had limited time with him during service. He was at a different team than I was. But he was, uh, nevertheless, you know, one of those legacy, that legacy guys that everybody talked about, um, just very, very professional around the weapon, uh, very accurate, and uh, very humble, very quiet. Um, we actually got a deployment together in 2005. Um, they were transferring out. We were transferring in, so we got some time together. Uh, didn't do any cool stuff together, but our relationship really built after I moved to Dallas, where he, uh, he moved after he had gotten out. And, uh, you know, just two, two frogmen out of the service and looking for the brotherhood and ended up spending a lot of time together before uh, we lost him uh, a couple years ago. So just a stand-up guy, and, you know, he's, like I said, he's a legacy, and what he's done for this country and what he continues to do, what Taya continues to do for this country and his family uh, to promote his sacrifice for us and uh, the things that he has done. It's been out, outstanding, just overwhelming. Wow. You know, it's yeah. one of those guys you hear about on the teams that you aspire to be. Um, being a sniper is a unique uh, individual skill set. Uh, for me, I'm, you know, 150 pounds wet, maybe 160 pounds if I'm lucky, and uh, I'm not really uh, the tough, tough guy that you'd look at and say, whoa, that, I don't want to mess with that guy. Uh, so sniper was really my key, you know. Why well, I trained for 20 years to become a professional mixed martial artist when I can train for a couple years and become an accurate shooter and not have to run up to those big guys and fight them. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a pick in your battle. Well, Ryan, your discipline from, uh, like you said, in, as you were explaining how you came from Detroit, and, and I can only imagine, the, my, I guess, the typical uh, scenario we think about Detroit is the school systems that are kind of trying as best they can, but missing the mark pretty much. And you said, you know, you really weren't an academic type student, and then you, then you got you really just focused, you know, with the uh, intention of being a being a frogman and being a being a seal member, and uh, I just I just think, wow! I mean, how inspiring that is! I mean, you just focused your life and just brought it down to as fine a point of uh, of excellence that I think this nation is absolutely so proud of. I mean, uh, you're the you're the tip of the spear. Wow, thank you for that. That's very nice to hear. You know, we we do try. Very difficult. It's very difficult, uh, especially in overseas. Uh, it doesn't matter what branch you're in. It's um, you know, it's war. You know, you know about that. It's war, and um, it's very unforgiving. There are a lot of things that happen that you can't account for, and you you try with contingencies, but you just have to uh, work very hard. You have to be diligent about what's going on around you. Head on a swivel at all times, um, and trust in your training and trust in your brotherhood. Yeah! Wow! Wow! Amazing! Yeah, our 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 idea of combat uh, was maybe uh, two or three uh, days worth of B fifty two poundings, and then some artillery, and then maybe a little uh, indirect, and then finally we come in, you know, a couple three two three hundred guys, and we come through the jungle, and it looked like. Uh, it looked like it was defoliated by the time we'd moved through it. You know, we mashed everything down so bad. So, you know, you move in one person, and that's just, uh, we did a couple, I specialized in LERPs, uh, just three man, but it's nothing like what you did. Nothing like it. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I would say that it would be different. I never served in that particular war, obviously, but uh, it's just different. I mean, war is war, and the enemy is still the enemy that's seeking to destroy you. So, you know, you have to always trust in your, your brotherhood and, you know, continue with your tactics and move forward. Um, and I look at jungle warfare as a whole other ball game. We train for it, but we don't do it. Uh, or at least I haven't done it. And so that's uh, an unknown to me um, in real time. And desert warfare is what I know. But I commend you on what you've done because that's, uh, that's a tough war. Vietnam is uh, a very, very tough war. Thank you well, for your we, service. I really appreciate well, it. Well, it too. I mean, that just gratifies me to hear you. Uh, and again, I mean, all of those, all the veterans out there, no matter where we served, we have to look to the uh, tip of the spear and again say, my goodness, I mean, uh, you did things and you uh, fought. And yes, we, we all contributed to that end result. But uh, again, Ryan, the discipline you've got is just staggering. I mean, definitely. Well, I appreciate it. You know, one of the biggest yes. things to keep in with the program, any program in the military, it's, you know, it's the peer morale. It's the PMA, positive mental attitude. So how can you make your boys laugh? How can they make you laugh and keeping the morale up high? Uh, you know, you've got a bunch of characters from different walks of life, different areas, doesn't matter, rich, poor, what location you're from, ethnic background, you get a little spice of everything, and that's, the, that's a special part of the uh, United States military is that we have all this different stuff coming together, and it makes us well. Um, funny, it's super funny. I mean, people don't understand that side of the, the service, that these guys are hilarious, and even in times of war, in chaotic times, they're still funny. I mean, you've got a guy where there's gunfire going off all over the place. There's bombs, rockets, mortars, and you've got a guy looking at you and smiling or laughing at you or maybe even <laughs> giving you the bird. And uh, yeah, right. just that exactly. little stuff that sends you in the right direction. Uh, uh, yeah, and even during your tra- training, I mean, I imagine there were times as tough as it gets. You have to have a place for release uh, along with your focus. Uh, your focus is absolutely pr- uh, primal, but, uh, you know, there's times, I mean, in your training. How did you get through the training? Because you say it's pretty tough and pretty disciplined. How did you get through it? Well, I, I like to call it internal cockiness, but it's just confidence. You know, any day of the week when you're in training, you have to look to the men to the right and the left of you, and you just have to say to yourself inside, now today you're not any better than me. And you don't actually verbalize anything like that, but... You just you want to be as good as them because you know that specifically there are men out there in the service that are better than you in certain, th- in certain fields. So you aspire to be as good as them. And once you become brothers, they're never as good as you. And then that's that fun game where we go up to the shooting range and we train. And if they beat me on that shooting range that day, uh-uh, we're not done. We're going to load it up. We're doing it again. Let's go. We've got to keep doing it until I beat you because I have to prove that I'm better than you. And that may take all day, and I may never beat him, but I tried. And just through repetition and that, that, that will to keep going uh, gets you to that next level of training. Wow. 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 Right. Now, uh, Ryan, I know we all, there are parts that we all want to forget about, but there are the favorite parts uh, about being a member of the armed forces. What are yours? You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things. Um, one in particular is one thing that we don't talk a lot about because the military just, we don't know how to teach you can't teach somebody how to grieve with the loss of a brother. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget any of the brothers that we've lost. But it's just something that's not really promoted, and it's not something that we're able to teach. But the loss of a brother. And Michael Monsoor, uh, who is his Navy SEAL, he's at SEAL Team 3, um, he jumped under a grenade to save a couple of snipers' lives, a couple of our brothers. And you think about the sacrifice that that specific soldier had. Mikey Monsur, you know, had the opportunity to get himself to cover when a grenade came up on the roof, and instead of, you know, dodging the grenade, he decided to take it full on in that split second, in that chaotic moment, to save his brothers. Now, he didn't know that it was going to kill them. He didn't know if it's going to hurt them. He didn't know if it was even going to go off. But he just decided in the middle of all that chaos to take the leap of faith, to say, I got it for you guys. And those are the things right there that make you go 100 miles an hour to the best of your ability to keep that laser focus because there are those that you get to serve alongside who go far beyond anything you're capable of. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really one, one of the biggest things for me is being able to have served or know the stories of these men who have paved the way for us. Like I said, 
uh, I guess it's, it's an old fireman here in Dallas who is a good buddy of mine. He says it best, even though it's true through the military as well. He always says, just say when. And that, that's true. I mean, when I need something, when a brother needs something, you can drop whatever you got going on to help him out. And just say when. Hey, you want to go out to the bar tonight? Hey, just say when. If you want to oh. go drive across the country to go snowboard or ski, just say when. I mean, oh. that's what we're good at in the military is living compartmentalized, living in the moment, really not thinking about the future because God is the only one who knows what the future holds for us. So really living in the moment, indulging in it, and you know, living, living life to the fullest, you know, attempting everything, accomplishing as much as you can, and kicking some major butt. There you go. Wow. That is unbelievable. Boy, I'm inspired again. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. wow, you know, geez, that's great. Definitely. Now, after getting out of the service, uh, Ryan, um, what were your plans and how did they change? Did you have plans immediately after getting out? Yeah, I did. So, you know, I saw the war was starting to die down. And, you know, there's nothing, in my personal opinion, there's nothing more, um, there's nothing more ridiculous in my eyes than an over-motivated, underutilized soldier. I truly feel that you become complacent, and then that's when people can get hurt or killed. And around that time, it was in about 2009, 2010, where the war was dying down, uh, we were having trouble doing a lot of operations, and I was getting frustrated. So I decided to relieve myself from uh, the platoon and move over to training so I could give back to the community and uh, dial down a little bit, decompress, and then reboot when necessary. And it was interesting. Around that time, I had met a gentleman out of Texas who had offered me a job working in concrete. And (laughs) I said, yeah, I'd I'd think about it someday. I can tell you what, though, if you're interested in hiring me, I don't know anything about concrete, and I certainly don't know anything about business. So I think I'm a perfect candidate for it. <laughs> and uh, I think he was looking more for the leadership role. And uh, so I said, okay, well, I'll think about it. In 2010, I had time to, it was my time to rejoin, or I'm sorry, uh, re-up. And I wasn't so sure that was the best move for me. At that point, it would have put me over 10 years, and you know, I would have stayed in a full career. And I didn't see any any light at the end of the tunnel as far as more operations. I really wanted to go and do some more work overseas. Um, so I decided to get out. I just I realized that it was my time. I'd had my fun. I had met the most amazing cats in the world and, you know, which are still today brothers, and it was just my time. So I got out and moved to Dallas, Texas to become a, a guy in business in concrete. Unfortunately, <laughs> when I got here, I realized that they weren't doing so well, and uh, I had to take <laughs> different measures and uh, take on a new job. So I started working in security. Uh, I was very blessed to work in uh, security for the Fortune 500 CEOs and their families for a while on um, a company called Trident Response Group. And during that time is when I actually met this Army captain who was severely burned, which pretty much changed the trajectory of my life forever. Ryan? Um, why don't yep. we go ahead and jump into break, and then when we come back, we'll continue that story because that's that's a very interesting story. Okay? Yes, sir. All right. Don't forget to, to visit the American Heroes Network Radio Archive Library of radio shows. We have created a veterans resource that is truly making a difference through our weekly live shows. All our shows are archived on demand for easy access to resources and events anytime, anywhere, on any mobile device. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ryan Parrott from Sons of the Flag. And, uh, uh, yeah, Jim? Ryan, yeah, Ryan, boy, continue. Tell us, tell us how, it, uh, how it advanced from where you left us. Absolutely. Um, so thank you for having me back, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> An interesting, interesting uh, change or pivotal point in my life was really um, after getting out and working for the security company, um, we were sitting in a room one day, it was just a boardroom, and it's a bunch of soldiers, different vets talking, you know, Army, Marine Corps, Navy, um, just talking about the old times and kind of like a round robin or what we used to call a uh, round table, where you're just uh, shooting the stuff. And there was one particular uh, individual in the room who was injured. And he had severe burns, 30% of his body, already had about 30 uh, surgeries down at Brook Army Medical Center in uh, San Antonio. And everybody's having fun talking. I'm one of those guys who likes to sit back and assess before I jump in with the comedy. And uh, I've been known to be pretty goofy as well. But ultimately, looking at his scars and saying, hey, you know what? What are they doing for you guys today? You know, surely there's got to be something. And he just stopped in, every, in the middle of everybody and just said, hey, this is as good as it gets, brother. And I was really pissed off when I heard that. Yeah. I said, well, can you explain that? What are you talking about? He said, well, I've had about a dozen or three dozen surgeries right now, and this is where I stand. Mm-hmm. And I did not like to hear that. All right, we're the United States of America. We should be leading in everything. I mean, we kick butt. We are known to kick butt, and we do great work. We have incredible researchers. I've seen the advancements in prosthetics go 100 miles an hour to the point where guys can actually beat me in a sprint with a prosthetic leg. They can go fight in war with a prosthetic leg. Surely there's got to be some answers for Burns. So I went home that night, and, you know, we had a good conversation. All of us had fun, but I still had this, this thing that was eating inside of me to go look for some answers for him. So I spent all night, uh, grabbed a bottle of Jack Daniels, sat at the computer all night long, and just read away and studied up on burns and different treatments, different facilities out there. Well, the next morning came around, and I couldn't find anything. I couldn't give him any tangible stuff to say, hey, you know what, I got this. You should check this out, and if we need to, we'll go set up a little fundraiser, and we'll get you some money to do this. We'll get it going, we think. And I couldn't give him that. So as pissed as I was, now I was on a mission. And so I called him and I said, hey, brother, I was trying to give you this information, but ultimately I have failed at finding this stuff. So I want to start something on your behalf to get you those answers. Would you join me? And he goes, brother, I'd be honored. I said, okay, that's all I need to hear. That's it. So I, ra- I rallied up a bunch of key leaders in business out here in Dallas, uh, some military, some fire service, EMTs, and we had a roundtable, which eventually would become our first board meeting. And I said, here's what we're looking to do. You know a lot about prosthetics. You've heard about it. You've heard about gunshot wounds and treating them. Pretty much we can fix a lot of injuries uh, in the field, except what do we do about burns? What do we even know about burns? Well, nothing. So Smokey the Bear doesn't cover it or cut it when somebody's already injured. So let's do something. So we actually rounded that up. I was working on a program at the time that I called Sons of the Flag. Sons of the Flag was a poem written in World War I based off the Civil War. It talks about the North and the South fighting against each other. 
And at the end of America, God blessing them as the sons of the flag. It's a pretty unique poem. That, to me, says that we're coming together as one. That's what the United States of America is all about. That's what the military service is all about. We all come from different walks of life, but we come together as one to fight one mission. So it was a real iconic name. Went to a logo artist and said, hey, I need an American flag and an ego. I want them together. Make it incredible. And it has to look like a flag. can't look like a cartoon. And January 2012, we officially became Sons of the Flag, the resource for burn survivors. At that point in time, we had no idea what we were going to do, what the trajectory was going to be look like or look like. All we knew is that we were on a fact-finding mission and we were motivated. And it's been inspiring, and we can talk about the programs. But in just three years' time, we're over. We're in over 20 states now. We're helping anywhere from military, active, and veteran. First responder, civilian, all the way from pediatric to adult. And our nature and our goal is to just become the resource for burn survivors on a national basis so that if you get burned, you're going to call Sons of the Flag and we're going to help you any which way we can. That's right. And again, uh, let's stress on all uniform services, uh, the first responders, and just about anybody, correct? A burn is a burn. You know, it wears no face, and it's going to affect you the same way it affects the next person. So, you know, we don't look and just choose who we're going to. We just we have a uh, a deal on our website where you can go uh, submit a grant request to uh, get funding or different types of uh, things you need, whether it be a clinical trial, whatever it may be. But and it will help anybody. All you got to do is pick up the phone and give us a call or send us an email. Mm-hmm. Now you have you also have a lot of doctors uh, working with you. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was uh, how they how they story. help. Yeah, it's an interesting story. So uh, we really had trouble getting into the hospitals. There's a lot of a lot of red tape around hospitals, and especially being a new organization that hasn't proven anything to anybody, we had trouble walking in the door. Uh, it took us a while. Um, finally, throwing around some cards and saying, "Hey, you know, that's you know, I'm a I'm a veteran in the United States military. Give me a few minutes of your time. Let's talk about this." And. Uh, our first breakthrough was uh, talking to Brook Army Medical Center at the DOD hospital and just understanding what they're doing. We are 40 years behind the power curve right now. They really haven't taken a really good look at burn technology and, and uh, care since the Vietnam War. And unfortunately, that's unacceptable. And sure. they're fairly limited in what they can provide their patients. Uh, there's a lot of places around the world that are beating us right now in burn care. And we have FDA approval. We have to go through clinical trials are extraordinarily expensive. Um, so they're up against a lot. Nevertheless, this is the staggering statistics that we know right now. Roughly there's about 450,000 people that are burned in, in the country per year. And that's across the board. Um, of, which, of which 40,000 will receive lifelong treatment. So if you have 40,000 that have received lifelong treatment, there are only about 200 accredited burn surgeons in the country. So they can't even cover down on those numbers right now. And the problem is that most of our doctors are older and they're starting to retire. So we want it to be the resource for burn survivors to influence not only research and de- uh, development, but we also want to bring the number of doctors up to actually take care of the number of patients that need to be seen. So we created a fellowship program where we give a scholarship to a doctor coming out of the residency to go from plastic surgery into burn surgery so we can create new doctors They'll work on patient care, and they will forward research and development, thus creating the new, new level of treatment and the new level of understanding that we need that's 40 years behind the power curve. We have a lot of doctors on our team, and uh, primarily the top Tier 1 surgeons in the country that work all the way from Harvard at Brigham and Women's Hospital to Doctors Hospital in Augusta, Georgia, JMS, to right here in our very own pocket, uh, uh, Parkland Hospital, and uh, Brook Army Medical Center. So we're very fortunate that we went after the Tier 1 hospitals and the doctors first to understand what they were doing. Um, so you get in with them, you learn, and you help them out. Everything they do, they push out to the masses. So it's become a nice spiral effect for us, and we've created a scientific board that sits on our team that gives us this exposure and also tells us what the new innovative stuff is out there to push to our patients. And then we tie our patients in with these doctors to get the appropriate treatment. So, Ryan, you're saying that other countries are more advanced than we are when it comes to this? That's correct. They don't have the FDA approvals that we do. And, oh, uh, the FDA. <laughs> yeah. The FDA, I know about them, and I'll tell you, you're 100% right. Um, 
But go ahead. I, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. It's it's uh, it's great. This is good stuff. It's you know being able to give this you know tell everybody about it. Sons of the Flag is ultimately there for you when you get burned and for your family. So if somebody gets burned, pick up the phone and call Sons of the Flag. Our number's on our website, and that's sonsoftheflag.org. Um, and just re- submit a request if you need help, because we are working every day to not only raise funding but promote awareness um, so we can get you to the right treatment facility and get you back on your feet. That's the one thing that our, our culture has become accustomed to is we, we help out soldiers a lot. We do a lot of great things for them. And... Uh, we put the fire service and, and the police behind the military, just considering we have this war. But ultimately, we're all the same. We're still fighting. Different, different type of war, but still a war. And we need to stop promoting the fact that we want to give houses to veterans and cars to veterans, and we need to do a little bit better of job of giving them a sustained rate to get back on their feet and sustain their own life. So my idea behind Sons of the Flag is let's get them treated fast, correctly with the Tier 1 assets that exist, so that we can get them back into the workforce, back into the military, and they can sustain their own life, live and make their own money, and do the great things they want to. That's what we're really interested in. And with a burn, you have 24 hours to really get on it quick. They have a golden hour, what they call, which is when you get burned, an hour to start treatment. Otherwise, you start having infection set in, and that's when you get the scarring, and then you'll have multiple surgeries for the rest of your life. So the faster we act, the faster that you call sons of the flag, the better off we're going to be. Wow. Um, you know, we're going to go ahead and take a uh, break probably about a minute early. Uh, do you own, if you own a business and would be interested in saving money on your merchant account, then check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. By the way, they are national. Give Josh a call right now. That's Josh Cole at First Class Merchant Services. Call 407 4010772 that's 4074010772 you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel and we'll be right back Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ryan Parrott, with Sons of the Flag. And Ryan, why don't you go? I guess you're something about a legacy skydive. Why don't you tell us about that? Sure. <laughs> so the Legacy Skydive was an event that we had, I had created uh, back in the day just to have fun. And when we created the organization Sons of the Flag, I wanted this to be our first event, uh, to come out of the gates and say, hey, we're going big in everything we do, not just for burn care, but our events are going to be spectacular. Uh, we're putting a lot of time and effort and everything. So 
the legacy skydive is essentially having we we brought the golden knights army uh, skydive team out and we had a soldier from every war from world war two to present day skydive all together and i thought it was very unique i was looking at a random picture of a bunch of guys getting ready to do uh, a static line jump and i said why can't we put a soldier from every war in that position and I call it the legacy skydive because you have that legacy of soldiers, you know, the century of soldiers all together jumping out of a plane. It's never been done before. Who wouldn't want to see that, especially throwing an almost 90-year-old man out of a plane? That was super cool. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. That's and uh, so I, it was very inspiring to put this together with a lot of hard work. And I never, ever thought that, it was going to happen, and when we pulled it off, it was just so inspiring that I decided I wanted to write a book on it. And uh, essentially, what the book was about was we miss we we always miss something in these books that we put out. These books are always about what we do, and they're fascinating and they're very inspiring because people don't know essentially what you know Navy SEALs do, Marine Marines do, anybody in the service, especially at their darkest hour, what do they do? And that's all well and good, but now we've gotten to the point where everybody gets an idea. They get a taste of it. But one thing we're missing is the why. Why do we do it? Why does a service member go into that door when they know that there's an enemy behind it? Why does a firefighter blast through the door when they know there's a fire blazing behind it? Why do we go into these crazy scenarios? Mm-hmm. And I can't give away what we've come up with the conclusion, but I specifically vetted and I took each soldier from that legacy jump and I had them write down their why of service during their conflict or war. And so this book called Sons of the Flag, uh, which can be bought on Amazon, is essentially starting out with the newer day soldier from Afghanistan, and then it goes to Iraq, and then it goes all the way through to World War II. And each chapter, has, a soldier has a chapter to explain a little bit about their service and a lot about their why of their service. And my first paragraph in the book, actually, which I'll read to you now, is, my favorite part, but it says the difference between American soldiers and the enemy is, uh, is that enemy soldiers, terrorists, might believe in their so-called mission, but they certainly don't believe in each other. That's what separates the United States of America and our soldiers and our first responders, is that we believe in each other. That's what it's all about. 100% so we want right. to expound on that information. So the book is a short read, and trust me, if you go pick up a copy at Amazon called Sons of the Flag... You'll love it because it was written by a fifth grader, four fifth graders, a lot of military. I actually wrote it, so anyway, it's easy. It's easy read, and I think it gives that piece that's really missing as to you know why do we do what we do. All right. And what's your website address? The website is sonsoftheflag.org. That's S-O-N-S of the flag dot org. Now, how can our listeners help Sons of the Flag reach their goals in the future? First off is spread the word. Make it known in, in the nation that we are the go-to place for burns. Uh, tell your buddies. and Tell everybody. Just say, hey, Sons of the Flag, call them up. We want to be that end-all, be-all for burn su- uh, survival. Uh, especially we're looking for donations as well. You can go to the organization's website and donate. Uh, we're always looking for funding. A uh, big piece of the puzzle to keep uh, our patients out of the hospital and uh, help the families while they're in the hospital. Um, and get us in touch with different doctors and nurses. You know, we could always learn. We're continually consuming information and trying to use it to our advantage to help the patients, and we just don't know everything. And so we're probably never going to know everything. So the more information we could receive, the better. So if you're, if you're a burn survivor and want to tell your story, we could learn from you. Um, uh, there's a multiple ways you can help, but the biggest key is to spread the awareness that Sons of the Flag exists, and we are here to help. So you think it might be a good idea for our listeners if they run across a, a doctor that, uh, that does burn uh, victims uh, to tell them about Sons of the Flag? 100%. The more, the merrier. If you know somebody, please get them in touch with us immediately, because the time is now, and we need, we need to pick up the slack from the last 40 years of uh, kind of sitting around the bushes. So, yeah, we need it right now. Wow. Can't beat that. Yep. All right. Now, again, um, why don't you go ahead and tell about the book. The book, uh, the book itself uh, is based on 
all about the Sons of the Flag. You'll find all the information that we can in there about Sons of the Flag, the story behind it and everything. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I made it easy, so the book is actually titled Sons of the Flag. So whether you go to our website or you go to the book on Amazon, it's all Sons of the Flag. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you can order it right from the website also. Uh, you cannot order from our website, but you okay. can order from Amazon. Okay. Amazon, boy, I'll tell you, they're taking over the market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're very helpful. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes, they are. They are. Yeah. Now, we only have a couple minutes left, Ryan. Um, it was really a pleasure having you on the show, and you have an outstanding organization. Uh, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Ultimately, it's, it's up to us to help each other, and we can't rely on any one individual to do everything for us. It is up to us to all come together and fight for our country. And specifically while fighting for our country, we need to fight for those who come back from fighting for our country who need our help here. And there's a lot of people struggling today. You hear a lot of statistics about uh, suicide and drug abuse with uh, soldiers and first responders, um, injuries and the post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury to burns. There are a lot of people that are injured right now, mentally and physically, who really need our help. And while those men and women go overseas to fight, it's up for us here in our country to help and save them. So the call to action to each one of you listening right now is to get up off your butts and do something to help the soldier or the first responder out today and every day you can. If you need any help, you can come to Sons of the Flag and start out with us, and we can direct you into a place that you can get passionate about the call to action is to help each other. Let's become the United States of America again. No more segregation, and let's just keep kicking butt so we can be the best nation in the world. All right. And again, that's for all uniform services, um, um, first responders, and anybody that has a burn, basically, right? That's it. Anything right. that has to do with burns. All right. Now, Jim? Well, I uh, I just think, uh, boy, the website, sonsoftheflag.org. Ryan, uh, you're an inspiration, and uh, God's got a lot of things for you in, in hand. I can't imagine that you're uh, so focused and so able to grab hold of uh, situations that are so vital. Like you said, this nation's been sleeping in some of the worst injured. Um, you know, you're, you're, meeting, you're making a blessing uh, happen to them and for them. And I sure appreciate it, and I sure uh, honor you, my friend. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for your service, yeah. and yeah. thank you yeah. for having me on. Well, Absolutely. thank you, and again, uh, keep everybody keep an eye and ear open because uh, uh, new programs are going to be reappearing on <laughs> on the Sons of Flag website. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct. All right. Monthly. So keep, keep everything uh, uh, ready to go on that. Uh, again, pleasure having you on the show, Ryan, and... Uh, uh, we'll have you back on uh, when you open your doors to the new program. All right? Yes, sir. Thank you right. very much. If you missed any of our shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetworkRadio.com. And, yes, you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network Radio spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue.